while, but I had to gain the trust of the entire team. And the way I did that was I started by listening and learning. So I didn't come in and say, here's what we need to change this, 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 because I didn't understand how they were doing business. What's going on, retail people? It's Nick McHenry here with another episode of Retail Coffee Break, the podcast where we talk to retail experts about business, strategy, and so much more. On today's episode, I spoke with Narissa Vaughn Helpenstill of Tootsie's in Dallas. She runs the store and has grown the team and over doubled the business in the last 10 years. And we talk about some of the hardest things about managing a growing luxury women's wear store, such as managing a commission sales team, dealing with turbulent times such as a pandemic, and even your store completely flooding and having to go to a temporary space. If you're running retail teams or growing a store business, this episode is definitely for you. I took so much away, and I know you will too. P.S. This episode was recorded last fall, so you might hear some references to things that have already passed, but frankly, All of it is still super applicable. I can't see anything this entire episode that is not. So without further ado, let's get into it. I am here with Narissa Helpenstill, the store director of Tootsie's Dallas, to talk about what's happening in retail and women's wear retail and what are we in? July? August? It's August. August of 2021. So thanks for being here, Narissa. Why don't you tell the audience just a little bit about your background? How did you get into retail? What have you done pre-Tootsies? And then, you know, what are you doing now at Tootsies? Sure, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Nick. Happy August. Um, Well, so I actually began my career in hospitality, but quickly moved into fashion and retail because it had long been a passion of mine. And I actually started at Nordstrom at North Park Center in 2005 when it opened there. Um, I was on part of the opening team, styling and savvy. And um, I just took to it like a fish to water. I loved it. I never thought I could do sales and then just ended up loving it um, and really found my passion as far as I, I felt like I wasn't selling. I felt like I was helping people find their self-confidence and helping people feel pretty and love their body. So I just, I loved it immediately and um, became a customer service all-star and a pace setter at Nordstrom. And, um, after that was promoted to the leadership team and managed the couture department at Nordstrom. Um, and then after that, I, I found Tootsie's and I just celebrated my 10 year anniversary at Tootsie's as store director of the Dallas store. Wow. And I'm proud to say that our team here has doubled our business during my time at Tootsie's. So it's been a really fun, um, a fun trip and, you know, the pandemic hit a, a while ago, a year and a half ago. And ever since then, we've just been on this crazy roller coaster. So it's all, it's all different every day. Would you say that your background in hospitality, because I mean, really retail is semi-hospitality. It's different, but they're both like service industries. Would you say that your background in hospitality informed your kind of approach to retail and approach, approach to management or was just totally different? Absolutely. So I, I definitely 
formed a lot of my approach to leadership in my hospitality background. Um, I started by managing teenagers. So I was managing people my own age when I was 18 and I just loved it. I, I looked at it as a learning experience for myself and for them and just love teaching people about, you know, how to have your first job and how to do things right and how to, how to call in properly and, and all those things. So I, I just really loved that part of it, of leadership. And it, it definitely informed how I think about my store or our store is, um, you know, I tell my team to welcome people in like, like it's their home. You know, we want people to feel welcome there. We don't want them to feel like they're walking into a place where they don't feel comfortable or, you know, where someone's judging them or there's snobby salespeople. So my first item of business at, at Tootsie's when I started leading this store, um, was to make sure that, that it was not a place where snobbery was welcome. And I feel like in, in, Luxury retail, a lot of times you walk in and you feel like you're being judged. Absolutely. You know, like, is my bag good enough? Are my shoes good enough? We don't care at Tootsie's. We just, we love all of our clients. We don't care if you're wearing yoga clothes or Hermes. We we just don't care. We treat everybody the same and welcome everybody in. So we definitely leveled it and, and got rid of the snobbery and just made it a fun and happy place to be. So that, that's another thing, um, you know, the hospitality background, it was a, a fun thing. I worked in fun places and I think shopping and fashion should be fun. So if you're not having fun, why, why are you here? You know, it's, it's a good time. So we have a lot of fun with our team. We, um, we care a lot about each other and it's like getting dressed with your best girlfriends. When you come to Tootsie's, you know, there's several of us like, oh my gosh, that looks amazing. Oh no, do this shoe instead. I like that earring. Oh, you like that earring? Okay. And then like back and forth yeah, about yeah. that. So it's kind of like a, a group effort, but we're all like dedicated to making sure that everybody who walks out looks and feels amazing. So how do you, I mean, I've always been really impressed with the way that you manage your team and how you guys do feel like a, like a team that, you know, want to help each other. But I mean, something that is always kind of a push and pull for managers is, you know, we're in a commission sales environment. Obviously, we make our living, you know, selling to our clients. How do you foster with your team sort of this, you know, team approach, but also having this, you know, sort of commission structure that's driving towards sort of like an individualized business? So uh, building a team and leading a team is, is definitely difficult in a commission sales environment because you would think that everybody's in it for themselves and it's me, me, me. And sometimes with, you know, with top stylists and top performers and tenured people, um, that 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 is an attitude, but we've just you know, our, our team all has a lot of respect for each other. We love each other to a certain extent. We are a family. Um, most of our stylists have been at Tootsie's for 10 or more years, which I, I think is amazing. I think that's a testament to what we do here. Um, and, and they just, they have a lot of mutual respect and anytime that there is, you know, a misunderstanding or, you know, someone, feels like they got the raw end of a deal. You know, we, we talk it out. If there's an issue between stylists, we just sit down and we kumbaya, you know, we're like, okay, now you say, you know, tell us about it from your point of view. Now you tell your point of view. Oh, well, I didn't realize that that happened. Oh, I didn't realize that the client told you this, you know, so we, you know, the truth is out there and we just have to sit down and respect each other enough to talk about it in a, you know, in a grown up manner. So that's, that's kind of our secret secret of it. We don't let anybody go to bed angry. You know, it's like, yeah. like a good marriage. You don't go to sleep angry. Well, you don't leave work angry. <laughs> we try to, we try to hug it out and work it out and, you know, misunderstandings come up, but we just, you know, we deal with them one at a time and, and we're very fortunate in that our, our team does get along together and they want each other to succeed. Yeah. That's now that's really awesome and, and special. And I would say unique in, in some certain situations. Um, 
So when you not just came into the role, but I'm sure you encountered this at Nordstrom too. I see this a lot with, you know, younger managers that oftentimes, like you mentioned, some of these styles have been here for their entire career. And so you end up being in a situation where you're managing people who are oftentimes, you know, maybe more tenured than you or have been in that place, you know, for years and years and years before you arrived. How did you kind of approach that? Because I know a lot of managers have struggled with, I'm, you know, maybe a 30 some year old manager, my, you know, associates or whatnot that I'm managing are, you know, 40 year veterans that are, you know, at kind of at the tail end of their career. They know what they're doing and they've just got their set their ways, but the company has commissioned me basically to be like, you got to manage them and have them hit these goals. What was kind of your approach to sort of that dynamic? Yeah. And, and I experienced exactly that, you know, when I started at Tootsie's, um, thank you for referring to me as a younger manager. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but when, when I started at Tootsie's 10 years ago, um, I, I was younger than most of the team and I was flat out told, I've been doing this longer than you've been alive. What can you teach me? What can you tell me? And, and I understand that. And I understand that, you know, a team has concerns and wants to know that the person leading them, um, can actually do something for them and, and can lead them into a better place. And it, it took a while, but I had to gain the trust of the entire team. And the way I did that was I started by listening and learning. So I didn't come in and say, here's what we need to change this, 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 because I didn't understand how they were doing business. So I, my first two weeks at Tootsie's, I did go backs on the floor for two weeks and just started putting merchandise away so I could figure out all the merchandise that we carried and, and where everything went and understand the customers who are walking in and what our clientele looked like. So, um, you know, I just kind of quietly listened and learned and, and the team was like, you know, you're, you're the manager. You don't, you don't have to <laughs> do go backs. And I was like, no, I want to, because I want to know where everything is so that I can help you guys with it. And they're like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, so it, it took, you know, it took months for me to build the trust of the team. And I asked a lot of questions, you know, okay, so you're doing this. Why are you doing this? Not calling them out about like, why are you doing this? But, but tell me why I want to understand why we're doing things the way we're doing. Okay. Thank you for explaining it to me. And so I listened and learned for a long time and was just there to get their back. Like you need me to grab a water for your client. Sure. You need me to go pair, find a different size of jeans for your client. Absolutely. Just to build the trust and let them know. I'm here to help you get whatever you need to succeed. And during those times, you know, I didn't have a lot of the high level answers at that point, but I could get them the things they needed immediately. So when they saw that I was there to kind of serve them and be a servant leader and learn about what they were doing and really understand their business, that is where trust started forming. And once they trusted me, then we started partnering together and we started having conversations about okay, how can I help you? How can I support you in having your best year of sales you've ever had? And at first that was difficult because the store was, you know, the store was still recovering from kind of the great recession when, when I came to, to manage it and, um, they hadn't bounced back. They were having a very slow bounce back. And, um, Oh, just to pop in here really quick, I hope you're enjoying this episode with Narissa, but if you wouldn't mind just hitting the subscribe button below, every single week I'm putting out new videos about retail business to help you grow your business and your career in retail and fashion. So let's get back into it. And I would say from my uh, you know third party observation, just the times I spent in your store, I mean, you've done such an amazing job with that in terms of you know servant leadership, like you said, it really does feel like I mean, you're the store director, you're the 
in theory, the top of the totem pole, but you're really there as their foundation to support them in their business. And they're the like stars. They're the ones that you're supporting, not the other way around. So I think you've done an amazing job with that. Well, thank you. That's how I want them to feel. (laughs) They know they're the stars. (laughs) So, I mean, starting 10 years ago, I mean, obviously there's no secret. A lot has changed in the business, but what would you say, like in terms of your mind, like looking at today in 2021 versus, you know, 10 years ago when you started, what are the biggest shifts that you've seen change? You know, uh, I love fashion because of the change and I love the newness that every season brings and, um, you know, how it's refreshed, but what I've, what I've actually seen at Tootsie's is, um, and what we've doubled down on is a return to kind of the old model of business. Um, you know, I was, I was very familiar with Nordstrom and I was there and trained at Nordstrom at a time when, they were doing selling as service and really focusing on that fitting room moment and having that moment and building a client, you know, building a relationship with the client in the fitting room. And I know since then Nordstrom has moved away from that and they have moved more in the direction of, you know, moving a little quicker. Uh, We want you to help two or three people in the fitting room instead of one. Why are you just helping one? No, you need to help four or five, you know? So it's turned, they've tried to push their people to do more. Mm -hmm. um, And in pushing them to do more, they're focusing less on the client. And I, I and Dustin in the store have really pushed our team to kind of go the opposite of that and kind of continue going old school and spend the most time encouraging our team to spend the most time with the client, you know, really making a meaningful connection in the fitting room because women are so vulnerable in the fitting room. You know, you walk into a fitting room and you're carrying not just your bag with you, but you're carrying a lot of baggage. You're carrying, you know, you hate your knees and that your arms look flabby and you're, you know, all these insecurities that you're carrying in with you and to have somebody, a stylist in there with you that only see that sees, you know, how beautiful you can be and makes you your most beautiful self. I mean, there, there, you can't put a price on that. It really is. It's beautiful. And so we really want our, our stylists to have that connection in the fitting room. That's where the magic's happening. And we don't rush them. We're not like, oh my gosh, you've been with that client for an hour. You need to, you need to move along and help somebody else. We don't want them to help somebody else. If they've been with somebody for an hour, that's great. That means they're forming a relationship that's going to last a long time and, and be really meaningful. So we've kind of gone old school and it's, really worked for us. And, you know, I've heard the whole time I've been at Tootsie's, I've been hearing about the death of brick and mortar and, you know, um, for 10 years, years, (laughs) e-commerce is everything. And, you know, the big, the, the majors, you know, um, Neiman's and Nordstrom have been focusing on e-commerce and that's where their success has been. Our success has been in the fitting room, one client at a time doing it the old school way. And so, um, now we're starting to see, the majors and, and, you know, um, online natives starting to come back and say, actually brick and mortar is really important. You know, the real, real is doing brick and mortar. So I'm here to say, you know, brick and mortar is here to stay. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. No, 100%. It's it's where it's at. And 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 even, even all the trends in the technology side is how do we make e-commerce feel like brick and mortar? You know, like how do we take what we've learned here and actually try to apply it? So that's really interesting. So everything you just said there is exactly how I see your guys' business as well. Tell me about, you know, last year, that fitting room moment became very difficult slash went away entirely for a period of time. How did you guys kind of perceive, if your whole business was built around this fitting room moment, getting them in the fitting room for an hour or two, building that relationship, and all of a sudden there's safety concerns, stores are closed temporarily, 
how did you guys try to sort of you know manage that moment either virtually or or in store? Well, I mean, we we really stayed true to our DNA, and when our our sh- store shut down on you know March twentieth, around March twentieth, twenty twenty. Um, and when our store shut down that day, our stylists went home knowing that we wanted them to continue connecting with their clients and doing it in a meaningful way, but doing it virtually. Um, that, that was really difficult, you know, and people didn't have anywhere to go. They didn't need clothes. They didn't know what they needed, you know? So it was a very difficult moment. And during that first month and a half that our store was closed, um, all of April and half of March, um, things were really difficult. And what we urged our team to do was just check in with your people. Just be like, Hey, are you okay? How's it going? What's life like at your house? Do you want to call and, you know, have, have wine via zoom. So we weren't focused on selling. We were just focused on checking in with everybody and seeing like, Hey, how's it going? Are are you okay? Do you want to talk? You know, just kind of keeping that human connection. Um, because that's what people needed in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't need clothes. <laughs> All they needed was pajamas. <laughs> Unless they had no yoga pants in their closet, then they needed those. <laughs> so we just really, you know, we we kept connecting with them on a personal level. And then when the store opened in May, um, you know, I'll say it once the store reopened, it, it was like a roller coaster. Like at first it started off slow. And then as it, you know, went into July, there was a surge. And so it kind of went down again. And then, you know, August and September were great. So it was, it was, it was a roller coaster. I mean, we had months that were surprisingly good. We had months that were unsurprisingly, you know, kind of soft and we just rode with it. And like I said, stayed true to our clients and people that we hadn't seen in a while or that we hadn't seen since the beginning of the pandemic, we just checked in with them like, Hey, are, are you okay? Like what's going on with you? Is everybody in your family okay? And we were here with them to, you know, to grieve in a lot of cases. You know, we had clients who lost their mm-hmm. husbands, who lost family members. And um, and we were here to celebrate with them when they had celebrations. Um, you know, there have been a lot of weddings in the last six months. We've been so thrilled to see our, our clients who, who have those happy celebrations in their lives and be here to make them feel beautiful for, for those moments and dress them for those. So we've just been meeting them where they are, wherever that is, um, the whole time. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's as successful as we can be. If we, if we stayed in touch with our clients and continue to be meaningful to them, that's, that's the best we can do right now. What's your approach to your team, you know, in these moments, because you guys have gone through without getting too deep into it. I mean, so much adversity in the last, you know, 12 months, not just the pandemic, the closures, but even a new temporary store with kind of what you're doing right now. I mean, it's a lot if you're, if your career is as a stylist and you're, you know, coming to work for 10 years and all of a sudden you have to get hit with all the stuff back to back, sort of what's your approach to keeping morale up or to keeping them, you know, excited, especially if you're commission based, you know, stylist and your commission has been hit or, you know, it's just a tougher time. Like what's your approach to that? Definitely. And, and I'll mention, as Nick mentioned, we had a flood, our store was flooded in the February winter storms in Texas and, um, our building, which was 20,000 square feet of beautiful retail space was completely annihilated. Um, we were, our team was able to move all of the clothes. We only lost about 200 units, which was not very much at all. Um, we were able to move everything into a temporary space that was an old, uh, baggage store, um, with bad lighting. So we're, we're still operating in a temporary space while our store is being rebuilt. Um, but yeah, it, morale has been a huge challenge and I, you know, with, with our stylists, we haven't been pushing them hard about goals. I mean, 
I, I haven't said, Oh, here's your goal and you haven't achieved it or you've achieved it. I, I'm just not, we're not, fo- we're not there right now. I'm just asking everybody to do the best they can do on a daily basis, which is to continue reaching out to their clients, to continue helping the people who are walking in the doors, um, continuing to let people know, Hey, we're still in this temporary location. So I'm just asking everybody to do the best they can. And I'm not, you know, I'm not breathing down anybody's necks about, about goals and our, you know, our sales figures in 3000 square feet, um, as opposed to our usual 20,000 square feet have been very, you know, they've been surprisingly good. So I think that's a win. We we celebrate those wins. (laughs) It's a huge win. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, and then that, and then, you know, we celebrate together, we eat together a lot. My team loves food. So that's like their, you know, that's the yeah. way to their heart is through their tummy for sure. So, um, lots of fajitas, lots of, you know, we've been celebrating the little things. And, um, this week we're revealing the concept for the new store and the, um, the renderings for the new store to the team and having a breakfast about that. So I think they're going to be extremely excited. I'm excited. And, um, right now we're just looking forward. So as soon as we're able to move into our new store this fall in September, October, we're all looking forward to that. And I'm right now it's just hold on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hold on for a couple months and then we're <laughs> going to be, everything's going to be beautiful. And I, I mean, I truly believe that that fall is going to be an amazing season for mm-hmm. retail. I think it's going to be an amazing season for Tootsies. Um, so I'm really, I'm excited about it. I have a lot of hope right now. Yeah. I mean, I think you made a lot of good points there with, you know, finding the little wins, looking at what's happening today while also kind of looking at this optimistic future and, and keeping kind of like that reminder going that things will get you know better. And here we should be thankful for today. I think it's super smart. Um, so looking forward to fall, kind of like, what are you seeing in terms of, you know, not like changes, but opportunities in the business or things you're thinking about going into fall? I, I mean, I would say as far as opportunities, Evening business and special occasion continues mm-hmm. to be very, very strong. Um, in the spring, there was a strong demand for special occasion because there were events for 2020 and there were events for 2021. Yep. So it was like two years of weddings packed into one year. Um, and we we did have a lot of supply issues with designers and vendors um, just supplying those dresses because they didn't necessarily produce a full collection, not knowing what 2021 was going to look like. So I, I think in um, tw- in fall 2021 coming up, we're going to see um, supply hopefully leveling out and getting getting better um, to meet the demand. And I, I think demand is going to be just incredible. I think people want to feel glamorous again. I think they want to feel pretty. I think they want to put on their heels. You know, they want to do all the things that that we haven't done in so long. It feels it feels special. It feels like the moment for that. So I. I I'm here for it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, like, listen, there's, I, I've been hearing that there's basically the wedding venues are booked up through 2022 already. So, I mean, I think I think it's pretty safe to say that the event business is going to continue to be super strong across the board. Or, or I mean, forget about weddings. Just like you said, people want to go out, you know, yeah. just like events. and Just look good. Yeah, just overdress. Absolutely. They want to go out and overdress. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the, the grocery store. <laughs> exactly. So just kind of wrapping up here, I guess, you know, Tootsie's has been a you know super successful retail for a long time. You guys have three locations. You guys are doing such a good job in so many ways. What's some advice you have to someone maybe who's a step beneath that? That's kind of like going into the next year. Maybe they don't have as much of an infrastructure as Tootsie's does. What's sort of your advice to them about how to manage um, kind of the coming months and some of you know managing their team in the next six months, twelve months, going into twenty twenty two and the fall? 
I mean, I, I would just examine everything you do from the lens of how is it helping your clients and how are you focusing on your clients and how are you making it a place where, where they want to be that's special to them. Um, we, something we heard from our clients during the pandemic was we were the only place they had to go, you know, last summer and last fall, you know, they weren't going out to dinner necessarily, or they didn't feel comfortable doing those things, but they felt comfortable coming to see their people at Tootsie's. And so, you know, we we're having a glass of champagne together and it was just, we were just celebrating being there together and being out of the house. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say just be, be the place that your clients need, that your shoppers need and the place that they want to go, make it fun, keep it light. Um, you know, they don't, they don't need heavy things right now. Everybody has enough heavy heaviness at home and yep. in their real life and going back to work. There's, there's so much going on. So just, you know, just be a happy place. I, I think that's <laughs> a perfect place to end. We'll end on a happy note. Uh, Thanks so much for being here, Narissa. I think a lot of people will take a lot away from this conversation, so I appreciate you doing it. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Retail Coffee Break. If you want to check out the video, you can find it on YouTube by searching Retail Coffee Break. Other than that, please leave us a review on iTunes. We love hearing what you have to say and hope you're enjoying every single episode with retail experts. Other than that, have a fantastic day.